Welcome to Whiskey and Wonder. All right, all right, everybody. All right, welcome into Whiskey and Wonder, where we whiskey and we wonder. Uh, you're you're stuck with just me again today. Um, I will get into why here in a minute. Um, but first, like I said, we are Whiskey and Wonder, where we drink us uh, some whiskey each week and we wonder uh, and teach one another about something we wondered about over the past week. Uh, I say we because usually my partner Megan uh, is here with me, um, but as you can see, she's not here today. So if you're on YouTube, at least if you're not on YouTube, uh, you can just hear it in the in the uh, in the crickets that chirp. Um, so make a long story short, just to get into it, because we don't hide anything from you guys. Um, Megan texted me earlier and just flat out said she wasn't feeling very well. Uh, not, not COVID related. Um, she's just feels like she had something going on with her stomach. Just didn't, didn't think she could handle recording today. Could we do it virtually? And unfortunately we have tried the virtual route many, many times and it is just not, uh, not, a an ideal thing I can, uh, with our setup, I can get the video functioning. Everything works, um, but I can't get it so that Megan. I, I basically can't get it so that any of the sound effects, the intro music, the sound effects, the the transition music, any of that stuff, Megan's unable to hear all that, which really uh, makes it hard to record virtually like that. So. Um, it's something I'm trying to troubleshoot as we go, but hopefully we shouldn't need to do this too much. So with that being said, you bastard just stuck with me today. So, and I do have a full, full lineup ready to go with the exception of one thing I just realized, but that's fine. Um, Sorry. I know that's riveting. I've got to search for something. I forgot to look up the whiskey notes. <laughs> Um, so let's get back to my schedule here. So I, a couple of announcements other than, uh, Megan not being here. And I want to go ahead and say, Megan, uh, hope you, hope you're feeling better. I'm sure everybody out there listening hopes you feel better. And we're glad it's nothing COVID related. Just, just, uh, you know, upset tummy. Um, so the big announcement that I have is, and I don't have a way to do this on the video. I should if I was smart and prepared. <laughs> but you guys have no idea what I've gone through in the last 10 minutes trying to get this thing up. All my sounds quit working uh, right here as I started to do it. And I've, I had a little mini freak out and text issue, uh, text angry text or venting text to Shelby. But anyway, I got it sorted out. Uh, but the big announcement I want to make is that if you go to whiskeyandwonder.com slash store dash two, or basically just go to whiskey and wonder and at the top whiskeyandwonder.com at the top, there's a shop button, click on that shop button and we have stickers back in stock. We have t-shirts. Um, we have a unisex 
version and we also have a ladies version basically a a male style t-shirt and a female style t-shirt um so we have those ready to go we're excited to offer that as it stands right now we only have them in black um frankly i want to see how that goes before we start diving into other colors and everything more logos and that sort of thing um one thing i do want to note with the uh with the um shit i can't find my i can't find my thing one thing i do want to note with the store is that we have a promotion going on with patreon or or with our patrons on patreon anybody who subscribes to the connoisseur level uh of our patreon which is a ten dollar a month donation and that helps keep us afloat um so you get the benefits you get all the benefits that we have to offer right now which is early access to the episodes you'll get the episodes on monday video and audio you'll get a free sticker uh you'll get a 20 percent off code for your entire order from the uh from the website and then you'll get the ability to vote on what goes in our infinity bottle. And speaking of, here it is. It's got a nice whiskey and wonder sticker on. This is the, this is the bourbon bottle. Um, I have another cleaned out bottle that I think, I think we're going to use for rise as the time for the time being. Um, And then once the next bottle gets cleaned out, we'll use that for scotches because Scotches are a, are a, an interesting thing. You have peated and non-peated, and the peated are kind of going to overpower the non-peated, but we're, I don't know. We might just do one for bourbon, rye, and scotches, and we might do one for just, you know, peated scotches and non-peated scotches as well. Sorry, I dropped something, so we may have four. Um, Back to the Patreon, though. Uh, we do have some other tiers that are a little less expensive. Uh, the taster tier is $5 a month, and that gets you uh, Monday episode access and a free sticker and a shout-out, and you can uh, vote on what goes inside our infinity bottles. And then we have a $2 a month uh, Wonderer tier, which allows you to vote on what goes in the infinity bottle, and we'll raise a glass to you you know, figuratively, whenever we drink. Um, so ch- head out to patreon.com slash whiskey and wonder to check out all that stuff. <clears throat> um, let's see. If you haven't already, I highly suggest everybody go check out episode 80. Uh, that was our interview with Robert Kerbeck, who is a award-winning, he is an award-winning author. Um, he was an aspiring actor, that made it pretty far along in the acting game who turned corporate spy. Uh, his book ruse is out now. You can find it anywhere you can find books, but I would highly recommend you go check that book out, read it, listen to the interview we did with Robert. It is quite a, quite an awesome book. It's one of those things I had no idea, uh, this industry even existed until Robert reached out to us. So, 
Yep, definitely check that out. Uh, and you can get a audio or video version of that. It is up on YouTube. It is up on Patreon. It is up, you know, wherever you find your podcasts. Um, the other announcement is the 5,000 listen celebration. That is still on. We're still working the details out of that, but it is coming. We'll video that and get it up. Uh, and finally, last but not least, I feel like there's been a ton of announcements, but I also don't have Megan here in the uh, open segment, so this can take a little bit longer than normal. Um, just want to say happy Father's Day to all the fathers out there. Um, I do want to apologize as well. We are I'm recording this on Monday, um, and I'll explain a little more about that here in the open segment, but apologies for getting this out a day late. But you know what they say, better late than never. So um, I think I mentioned the website is whiskeyandwonder.com. That's where you can find our store. You can find the T-shirts, the stickers. Go get a sticker, man. The stickers are awesome. They're in the shape of a bottle. Um, our original logo was hand-drawn by Megan. Um, if you're on YouTube, this logo here on the screen to my left uh, is taken directly from that logo so megan hand drew that in in a way i just kind of cropped it uh but you see down here in the bottom right that little bottle there it megan hand drew that um youtube.com just search whiskey and wonder go there subscribe like we need to hit a thousand subscribers before they'll give us a nice whiskey and wonder url so help us out by subscribing tell your friends to subscribe even if they don't like whiskey or podcasts or whatever, just, you know, spread the word. Patreon is patreon.com slash whiskey and wonder. Uh, if you want to reach out to us, please do is contact at whiskey and wonder.com, or you can go to our website, whiskey and wonder.com. And there is a contact page, um, on the menu. It it's up at the top, like where there's, uh, the home and the shop and the contact. And there's like a blurb on social media and whiskey and who we are and all that good stuff. Uh, all the rest of this stuff you can find in the show notes. Um, one other brief mention, I will say that the Instagram is at whiskey podcast and my personal, uh, or my Instagram for me is at whiskey dot Tyler and Megan's is at whiskey dot Megan. Um, I am going to start once a week. It actually just popped up on the screen there. Uh, that's good timing. Uh, I'm going to start once a week going back through my cabinet and um, basically just re-reviewing, re-rating the whiskeys I have in the cabinet. I did it the other day with the Woodenville Private Select, which I rated a... Oh, let me get there. Uh, Woodenville, Kentucky straight bourbon, private select. I rated it a seven and a half the first time through. I stand by that and actually bumped it up to an eight this time. It was very good. It ended up, uh, I think it's 120 something proof and it ended up being very, very good with a couple of drops of water in it. It really took that bite out of it and open up a lot of the flavors to it. So that is 100%. I actually had it with an ice ball. Um, I had a second glass with an ice ball and it diluted it somewhat. So I wouldn't recommend the ice ball, but I would recommend a little splash of water in it. That really, 
really upped it. Um, so anyway, I'm going to start doing that. If you want to check that out again, that's going to be on my Instagram, uh, whiskey.tyler. And everything else you can find in the show notes down below. So we'll go ahead and we'll move on. The open segment. Well, I've got a schedule here and it never fails. I always forget something. Um, So I just want to say thank you to everybody who does donate all our Patreon, all our patrons on Patreon. That is such a tongue twister. Um, All the people who donate to us on PayPal, all the people who listen, watch, like, subscribe, tell their friends, um, spread the word. That helps us. Um, (laughs) This, this is a business and, and businesses are not free to run. So, you know, we need, we need your support and we appreciate it. If you want to, you know, leaving reviews, whatever you can do, it really helps us. And we just want to say thanks again to everybody that is out there, you know, helping us, supporting us. Buy a sticker. I think they're three or four dollars. Throw that thing up on the back of your car or throw it up on, you know, the stop sign near your house or maybe not that, but you know, somewhere people are gonna see it. Um but anyway, jumping into the open segment, Megan is not here. As I mentioned, she's not feeling well. Hope she is. Um, I guess it's partially my fault in a way because I asked if we could record tonight instead of our typical Sunday night. Basically, a long story short is I found out on either Wednesday or Thursday of last week that my family was planning on doing Father's Day at my house. Um, I know I've mentioned on here before that my family, uh, I kind of bought a house in the middle of my family, which if you don't like hosting, don't do that because they're all going to come there, especially when gas prices are almost $5 a gallon. Um, So, yeah, I found out Three days, three days before, and Thursday and Friday were a wash. I had, uh, I was working Friday night, and I had plans Thursday, um, to go to a cigar event. So, yeah, I pretty much spent my long weekend, um, cleaning and and spending time with the family. Today, I. Uh, had to go, I, I didn't have to go, but I went and visited my grandfather. He got moved into a, uh, I think I've detailed on here that he's got early stages of dementia and we went down and he, he got moved essentially out of a hospital into a dementia facility and uh, I didn't see too many, we, we went and visited him. I didn't see too many people that were, that were very bad off, but he said there were some people in there that were pretty, pretty far gone. Um, but I will, as far as the actual visit, my grandfather goes, it was a good visit. He seemed like he was present in there and, and his dementia is not very severe. It's early, uh, early in the process. And he's, he's on medicine that helps him balance it. Um, but, one thing that hit me kind of hard 
is that I went when he was in the hospital about two or three weeks ago. I went and visited him. We walked around. Uh, we walked around for about 45 minutes. He he was carrying his... Uh, <laughs> they made him walk with a, like a walker, you know, like the stereotypical old man walker with four legs in front of him. And he would just pick that thing up and just walk around the hallway. He was doing great. And I asked him about it today and he's like, I don't remember you coming to visit me. And so that just, I didn't realize how, uh, I mean, that, when I saw him, when we were walking around the hospital, he was, that was the best I had seen him in years. And for him to tell me today that he just flat out couldn't remember. Um, yeah, that was kind of eye opening. So, uh, I don't know. Um, one other thing I didn't mention earlier and I, Megan will be uh, so offended if I don't mention it is happy, uh, Juneteenth to everybody. That was yesterday. I got today off of work for it. So that jogged it in my memory when I said that earlier about the long weekend. Um, in addition to happy father's day to all the fathers out there. Um, other than that, it's just been keep on keeping on work is Work is work. Podcast is the podcast. And that's it. So I'm not going to drone on anymore. We'll get into this whiskey now, which is probably why most of you are here anyway. Opening the bottle. Um. All right. So I've got a treat for you today. Um, this is from, this is a, something I never thought that I would actually have in my collection, at least for a while. Um, but we have, oops, there we go. Blue run, bring this back so you can see it. High rye bourbon whiskey. Now blue run is kind of one of the harder, harder to find at least around here. Um, brands of whiskey. This is the high rye because you hear me clank it off of the um, infinity bottle there. Um, now I have heard really, really, really good things about the blue run 14 year old. Now, obviously this is not it. That bottle costs about, uh, I think it was six grand. No, I'm sorry. $600. $600 is what I saw earlier. Um, so, yeah, finding one of those, if somebody wants to get it and send it to us, you know, you're insane, but we'll take it. <laughs> if I'm honest, like spending that much money on a whiskey. Oh, Lord. Um, anyway, I want to give a shout out to John, John T. Um, he went on a trip and he found this and had a bottle. He snagged a bottle. And had a, uh, basically snagged a bottle for me and, and make a long story short. And so thanks, John, for getting this and getting it to me. Um, you're the man, especially when it comes to hunting, hunting whiskey. He's, he's my dude. He knows, he knows all the, all the tricks, but so we're going to, I'm going to review this today. And I, just because it's just me, I went ahead and poured before I actually got on here. I caught a whiff 
for a brief moment, but I haven't, I didn't really smell it. Uh, I just got some sweet notes off of it. So I'm going to dive in. I would have Megan here to fill the air typically, but you're probably going to have a few seconds of silence while I sniff away. Um, I'm going to start by saying that this is 111 proof and I can get that a smidge on the, uh, on the nose there. I think this costed me about a hundred, hundred to maybe $120, somewhere in that range. Look that up real quick. Um, this is where having Megan here really helps. I can look stuff up. Yeah, I'm seeing online here uh high rise for 110, 109, 124. So sounds like the 110, $115 range. So we're about to see if it's worth that much. Um I definitely, definitely get some butterscotch in this. Um wow. A little bit of pepper on a little bit of pepper in there, but I'm not, there's just a hint of sweetness. This is the high rye. So, you know, I expect to get some, some of that rye spice. I almost said rice spice. <laughs> uh, I'm all right. I'm really struggling to get a, get a good sense for this one. Yeah, I get a little rye spice, a little bit of caramel. That that's about all I'm getting. A little bit of pepper, you know, some some brand new nose hairs in there. Um according to uh well, their website doesn't even have the the nose notes. Their website only has tasting notes. Um well, all right. According to our Backup website that we use. Uh, this this has uh, rice spice, cinnamon bark, dill, caramel, um, and sweetness. So I'll take that rice spice and caramel. Now that I've read it, I get a little bit of dill in there. I guess I should have. I guess I should have thought about that. Actually, I got a funny little story. Speaking of dill, if you'll indulge me for one second. Um, uh, so I've been having Shelby when she's over at the house. I let her go raid the whiskey cabinet and pour me something. And I don't get to know what it is. And then I try to guess it. And last night she poured me something that I was, I was sitting there and I, I, Smelled it several times, and I kept saying, "Man, this smells just like a rye." I get there's, and I I know my whiskey cabinet, and I know that there's only about four ryes in there at the moment. Um, typically, Megan takes the ryes home because she's she likes ryes a little more than I do. Um, anyway, so I guessed all four of the ryes, and she told me no, and so I'm like, "Okay, well." 
let me let me try this again. And so, uh, you know, ultimately I ended up not getting it. She told me it was Campfire by High West Distillery. And I said, oh, okay. I don't like it the way I liked it the first time. This is off. Something, Something's not right, but okay. Fast forward to the next morning. I'm telling you, I I didn't look at the bottle one bit at all. Flash forward to the next morning. I walk out. Shelby's in the kitchen and I happen to grab the bottle and I look and it's the, (laughs) it's the double rye, the high West double rye, the um, barrel select the single barrel that we did in episode 64. So I'm not crazy. It was a rye. Shelby just can't read the bottle. So Yep, I'm throwing you under the bus there, Shelbo. <laughs> um, but anyway, I appreciate you indulging me on that story. I'm going to take a sip of this, and uh, I don't have a good sound effect to play for that well, to to do that, so I'll just play this. Two hours later. Ooh. Hmm. Well, that's got uh, the first. Oh, man. That's got an intense burn on it. That's the first thing I noticed there. Lingering at the end. Um, I guess that's the second thing I noticed. The first thing is the, the intertwining of flavors uh, right there on the front end and the mid. Definitely some caramel Caramel sweetness in there. Um, I'm going to need a second sip here to do, you know, that first sip always kind of the burn, the burn hits you hard. And then the second sip, it kind of goes away a lot. So, and I apologize. I know I should be looking up here at the camera, but the notes are down here. The screen's over here to make sure I'm staying in the picture and everything. I get what I'm trying to show you in the picture. So I know I'm not necessarily looking at the, camera every single time but oh yeah this is um wow this is uh i definitely get caramel i definitely get some of the charred oak i get rice spice on the finish and it's got that pepper i guess that's the rice spice i'm thinking of um a little hint of dill. Um, and I, I'm i just going to be honest with you guys. I have the palette notes pulled up right here. And I happen to have read one of them. And I would have never picked that specific one out. But once I read it, I was like, I do get that. So... Uh, I'm not going to include it in what I tasted, but I will include, I will let you know when I read it. Um, so according to the actual, um, blue run spirits website, and I'm not giving the background of blue run spirits. Megan does all that and she does it really well. I couldn't do it justice. So I'm just going to tell you about this whiskey. It says the tasting notes are a caramel beauty full of baking spices and a toasted oak frame that crescendos with a stone fruit and black pepper finish. 
caramel, bacon spices, which for me, the Woodenville I had last week, one of its notes was baking spices, and I didn't get the baking spices personally until I put the water in. And once the once that pepper and that spice had gone away of the higher proof, like I said, it was 120. This is 111. It's got a little bit of spice to it. Um, so I think I might get those baking spices later when I add a little bit of water to it. Um, definitely get the black pepper finish. But the the our backup um, source here says the palette is cinnamon spice which I really don't get. I don't get that much cinnamon, maybe a little bit. Um, Layered caramel, burnt oak, and cake batter. Cake batter is the one that I was like, oh, yeah, I can see that. It does have a sweetness to it, uh, like a a little bit of cake. So Um, the finish, uh, the rice spice intensifies and holds, uh, and it is long- the caramel sweetness complements the spice. I I would agree. I would agree with that for the most part. That cake batter. Wow, I took a small sip that time and there's almost no burn. Uh that cake batter really hits it on the on the front uh the tip of the tongue. Really gets some sweetness. The caramel just kind of sits there kind of weaves in and out throughout the entire sip, uh, even through the finish, but it is a long finish. Like it's still, you know, I took that sip going on 10 seconds ago and it's still hanging around. Uh, well, I, you know, uh, I'll, I'll sip on this, albeit sporadically since I'll be teaching and, trying to find time in there to to sip on this um so i guess i'll go ahead and jump on into the topic this week it's time for the wonder segment did i play the open segment earlier i hope i did uh, I think I did looking at the recording over there. So I ended up thinking this was going to be a really, really, really short wonder segment because I had so much to do while I was researching, uh, this weekend and didn't just didn't think I was going to end up having enough time to make it a normal sized one. And I got into it. And next thing you know, I wrote one and a half easy of what my normal segments, normal wonder segments are. So uh, I'm going to start by telling you a little, little story that inspired this. Um, so a couple days ago, Shelby and I were talking about events that changed or defined our generation. And, you know, we, we named off a couple that we could think of uh, for us personally, for our generation. And then we started thinking about what to find other generations. Um, and before I knew it, we'd called her parents and we were listing off several events and technologies and changes in the world that had truly brought 
serious change to society. Society was not the same before and after. Um, and originally I wanted to do something like that as my topic this week. I wanted to take a, a look at each of these things, you know, as, as it's, I wanted to take a look at them as like, uh, this event, you know, altered this generation's view of the world. And this event changed how this generation looked. If you go way, way, way back to episode number two, the very first wonder segment that I ever did, uh, I did it on the different generations in the Western, in Western culture. And so I just wanted to kind of explore which of those generations like experienced what advancements, what trauma, what, you know, good things happen that, that changed the world. And so I wanted to make that into an episode itself, but I didn't feel like I could give each topic. It's, it's what it deserved. You know, it, it wasn't going to get uh you know, it might get 10 sentences if I did it that way. And that just, th- these are major, major events in history and, and technologies and that sort of thing. So it didn't feel right to do that. So I settled on doing just one topic today and I'm kind of going to make this, I don't want to call it a series because that's kind of, this is basically whiskey and wonder. It's picking a topic from history that we're interested in, but I do think it is a, a neat little series to do, to explore things that changed society for a generation or things that altered a generation's viewpoint, you know? So this topic has actually been on my list for a while. Um, and we're just going to dive into it. It defined at least one generation and it proceeded to show just how much ingenuity that, that humans do have today. We're going to learn about the Apollo 11 mission. This will be one small step for me and one big leap for whiskey and wonder. On May 25th, 1961, President John F. Kennedy gave a speech to Congress in which he set a goal that, at the time, seemed unreasonable, unreachable. He declared that by the end of the decade, the U.S. would send an American to the moon and safely bring them back. Along with this main goal uh, of the mission, Kennedy also wanted to explore the moon, deploy a camera, and transmit video back to Earth, set up and perform various scientific experiments and equip and gather. Uh, I'm sorry, set up various scientific equipments, experiments and equipment. Lord, I can't talk or read. And he wanted to gather lunar, lunar surface material and bring it back to earth. Lord, I got to stop clicking when I breathe too. Uh, the last objective was to take numerous still photos and videos of everything. Document, document, document. Keep in mind, this is in the middle of the Cold War. So we're, we're uh, competing with the Russians, too. Throughout the 1960s, NASA worked tirelessly to make Kennedy's goal possible. The project was named Apollo and went through a multitude of testing and trials, which, were, which became known as the Apollo 1 through 10 missions. Many of these Apollo missions were unmanned testing of equipment, 
that would serve the astronauts during the actual mission. And as I found out later in this research, it was more than just the Apollo missions as well. There were uh, at least two others, the Ranger and Surveyor missions. Um, on the actual mission, uh, on July 16th, 1969, Apollo 11 launched from Cape Kennedy. Its three passengers were Commander Neil Armstrong, uh, Command Module Pilot Michael Collins, and Lunar Module Pilot Ed Edwin Buzz Aldrin Jr. It's estimated that around 1 million people gathered at Cape Kennedy and other local areas to watch the Apollo 11 launch, while millions more viewed it live on television. In fact, it was even broadcast to 33 countries for viewing. <clears throat> 12 minutes into its flight, Apollo 11, Apollo 11 entered into an orbit uh, around Earth. Lord, I can't even type. It entered an orbit around Earth, and after it went for one and a half orbits, so basically it went around the planet one and a half times, the engines ignited for a second time and propelled the craft towards the moon uh, through some very interesting piloting, engineering, and physics. About 30 minutes later, Collins was able to steer the spacecraft in a maneuver that I had no idea they had to perform. Essentially what happened is that the, the command and service module, the CSM, which is where the astronauts were and was essentially like the main cabin, uh, it was separated from the rest of the rocket. So it kind of separated. It was propelled slightly forward. It rotated 180 degrees and then... <laughs> It, so it's facing backwards now, and it comes back in, reattaches, uh, it comes back like into the rocket or to the rocket, attaches to the lunar module, and then like reversed out, pulling the lunar module out of the rocket, and then getting out of the way of the rocket. Um, I cannot imagine doing that at all. They, you know, they would have been out of orbit at this point, but that still seems like one heck of a, one heck of a maneuver to pull off. So kudos to him for pulling it off. The rocket was actually designed to continue uh, to fly past the moon, but close enough that it would uh, get trapped in the moon's gravity and slingshot around and it would end up uh, orbiting the sun well out of the way from, you know, the the lunar module or the CSM or anything, any trip to and from. Um, it also prevented the rocket from impacting the Earth, the moon, or the Apollo craft as it approached or left the moon. Uh, three days later, on July 19th, at approximately... 12:22 p.m. Eastern time and all these times I've they're they're all uh in the in the mission notes and everything they're noted as UTC which is uh universal time I think uh I don't I don't remember what that, what exactly it stands for but um I converted them all to, to eastern time because we're based in the eastern time zone so if you're on the west coast subtract 3 hours um 
So three days later on July 19th at approximately 1222 Eastern time, uh, 1222 PM, uh, the Apollo 11 craft passed behind the moon and began its entrance into lunar orbit. The module orbited the moon 30 times prior to landing, allowing the astronauts to get several good looks at the chosen landing site, which was located in the Sea of Tranquility. This area was chosen for its relatively flat and smooth area, which was observed by previous automated lunar landers, the Ranger 8 and Surveyor 5 missions, which were unmanned missions um, to the moon. Survey the land. Um, On July 20th, uh, Aldrin and Armstrong entered into the Eagle, which is the code name for the lunar module, and began the final descent. Collins did not join them um, as his job was to keep the CSM orbiting the moon while Neil and Buzz were on the surface playing around. Uh, And I do mean that literally in a way. During the descent, Armstrong and Aldrin reported seeing landmarks two to three seconds earlier than they should have been, meaning that the lunar module was traveling faster than it was supposed to and that the landing would be miles off of the intended target. Armstrong took, quote, semi-automatic control of the lunar module and began piloting it looking for a safe landing area while Aldrin navigated for him. I'm going to pause here and take a little sip of the whiskey. I'm excited to put some water in this. It has got a very good flavor, but I think it's going to open up a little more with a little bit of water. Um, so the module, so Neil took control of the module, semi-control. I don't really know what semi-automatic control means. It sounds like he had autopilot, but he could kind of override it. Um, but the module was headed for an area that was covered with large boulders, and for a brief period... Armstrong considered trying to land the module just short of this area so that they could collect geological samples uh, fairly easily, but they were carrying too much speed and it just weren't going to happen safely. So uh, the two knew that they were running out of a propellant and would need to land quickly. And Armstrong was determined to land at the first acceptable spot. I think we've all been there. You know, you're traveling, you're tired. You're frustrated. Something major has gone, not gone the way it's supposed to, and you're just tired of it. I, Lord knows I've been there on vacation. And so you just kind of settle down at the first place that's semi-suitable, you know, just to get the day over with. That sounds like what, what Neil was going through. Like, let's just get this, get this on bitch down, and then we'll pick it up tomorrow. <laughs> but anyway, uh, Armstrong ran it basically out of gas before he finally found a spot. Literally, uh, the lunar module had 90 seconds worth of propellant left when they landed. And the landing didn't go off as smoothly as it should have. Uh, when they were landing, Aldrin's display showed him that one of the modules, uh, the feet, the foot pads on it had made light contact with the surface and he called it out contact light at which point Armstrong was supposed to shut down the engine. And I actually listened to, I watched a video of the landing because you, you can find it on the internet. Um, you know, 
we we can argue all day long whether it's real or fake, but I watched the video and you can hear him call out contact light. Um, anyway, at that point, uh, Armstrong was supposed to shut down the engine. Uh, the engineers from NASA uh, believed that the pressure that was caused by the exhaust from the lunar module would reflect off of the moon surface, bounce back towards the lunar module and cause it to explode. And so they required the engine be shut off seconds prior to landing. Armstrong forgot to shut it off until after the entire module had landed. Oopsies. Uh, at 3.17 p.m. on Sunday, July 20th, uh, once Aldrin had completed his post-landing checklist, Neil Armstrong spoke his second most famous line, saying, quote, Houston, tranquility base here. The eagle has landed. End quote. The U.S. had landed men on the moon. But... Kennedy's goals had not yet been completed. Uh, He said, conduct experiments and then safely bring them back to Earth. They were only a third of the way there. I found this little note interesting as well. Uh, About two and a half hours after the landing, um, and this was prior to them going out on the surface before they even started preparing for that. Um, Aldrin radioed, quote, this is the LM pilot, uh, the lunar module pilot. I'd like to take this opportunity to ask every person listening in, whoever and wherever they may be, to pause for a moment and contemplate the events of the past few hours and to give thanks in his or her own way, end quote. I also want to, uh, I found, I'm not going to say I want to point it out, but I found it interesting that Aldrin was an elder at the Webster Presbyterian Church, and he privately took communion short, uh, right after he made the above or the previous communication. Um, interestingly, NASA was in the midst of a lawsuit at the time brought on by an atheist who had objected to the crew of Apollo 8 reading the book of Genesis on their min- mission. It was demanded that the astronauts refrain from broadcasting religious activities in space, and because of this, Aldrin chose not to mention, oh, excuse me. I'm sorry if I burped into that microphone. Uh, Because of this, Aldrin chose not to mention taking communion on the moon during the mission. Um, He didn't mention it really until he got back. Uh, The chalice that he used uh, actually belongs to the Webster Presbyterian Church. So, and they honor it every, whatever Sunday is closest to June 20th every year. They honor Buzz Aldrin drinking wine and out of that chalice in space. <laughs> Back to the mission. Five hour sleep, or a five hour sleep was scheduled to follow the landing prior to prepping for the uh, extravehicular activities, the EVAs. But Armstrong and Aldrin were both unable to sleep and began the preparation early. Uh, you know, sometimes when you're stressed and you can't sleep, I can't imagine the emotions those two guys were feeling. They were probably excited and scared and stressed and thrilled. And, you know, that that's a rush if I've ever thought of one. I don't think I'd be able to sleep either. 
Six hours and 39 minutes after they landed, the two astronauts were ready to venture onto the surface of the moon. Armstrong struggled to squeeze through the hatch to the lunar module with his portable life support system on, that big square thing that they had on their backs. But he managed to suck it in enough to get out. We've all been there too. Don't lie. Lord knows I have. Uh, Once on the Eagle's foot pad, Armstrong attached one of the cameras to the lunar module and reported that the surface of the moon was made of cheese. Uh, well, wait, no, I'm sorry. Sorry, I got my got my sources wrong there. Um, he reported that the surface was covered in a very fine dust, almost like a powder. And then at 10.56 p.m. Eastern Time on July 20th, 1969, Neil Armstrong stepped off the footpad and onto the surface of the moon for the first time in human history that we know of. Just saying. Uh, He then made his most famous broadcast, Back to Earth. One of the most quoted lines I've ever heard, and one that puts everything into perspective. That's one small, one, Lord God, I've done it worse than he did. That's one small step for man, one giant leap for mankind. And now, yes, I said I did it worse than he did. There's a reason for that. For a quote that we've all, you know, heard and we have recordings of, there's a lot of debate, a lot of debate as to what Neil actually said. He originally claimed that he intended to and did say, quote, one small step for a man, end quote. But most people never heard the A, either because of static in the transmission, Armstrong's accent slurring the for and A, for and uh together, or because he just misspoke, kind of like I just did. Either way, I listen to it, and I don't hear an A in there. I don't hear a for a. I don't hear an A. I don't hear an uh. I hear... That's one small step for man, one giant leap for mankind. And even leap is kind of cuts out. Um, let me know. Go listen. You can find it on YouTube. You can find it on the internet. Go listen. Comment. Whether you're on YouTube or go to our uh, website's comment page or send us an email. Contact at whiskeyandwonder.com. Let me know what you think. I want to know if you think he said for a man or for man. Um, I think regardless of what it was supposed to be, I think it came out the way it should have come out. That was one small step for man, and it was a giant leap for mankind. Even if he misspoke, he misspoke, and it, it was more true, in my opinion. After stepping on the surface, Armstrong immediately pulled out a, it was like a little butterfly net kind of contraption and scooped up a couple surface samples and he placed them in a pocket on his suit. It's really ingenious. And this was done for a reason, uh, just in case there was an emergency that caused them to have to abort the mission. They would at least have had some samples, uh, that would ideally make it back. Um, and once he had his samples or the first backup samples, I guess, Uh, he then removed the camera that he had mounted to the lunar module and he panned around the surface of the moon before he placed it on a tripod. 
Shortly afterward, Buzz Aldrin joined him on the surface, and he described the scene as, quote, magnificent desolation. The two uh, then proceeded to test methods of moving around. Uh, The two reported that they had to plan their movement six or seven steps ahead due to the low gravity, but that it was easier to move than the simulations that talked about some of the things they were doing. And they were like skipping around and kangaroo hopping with two feet and jumping and literally just grown men playing in lower gravity, which I can't fault them. I would have been doing the same thing. I mean, that's kind of, it's a science experiment. The whole thing is nobody's ever been there before. You're there to see what, what it's like, what, you know? So I would be, Bouncing around, jumping around, doing jumping jacks, whatever I could. It'd be my luck. I'd tear my damn suit, though. <laughs> That's just the way my luck goes. Anyway, uh, once they had stopped playing around in lower gravity, um, because that is basically what they were doing just for science, the two planted an American flag, which Aldrin later admitted he was terrified it would fall over uh, in front of all the TV viewers because they were only able to drive the flag post into the ground about two inches. Uh, Aldrin then saluted the flag in front of the camera and they were supposed to trade positions. Armstrong was supposed to pose for a photo with the flag. Uh, however, before this could be set up, president Nixon made a telephone radio transmission to the two astronauts. And the conversation was a very short one, but impactful nonetheless. Uh, I'm going to read the entire conversation because, like I said, it's it's pretty short. Uh, Nixon said, Hello, Neil and Buzz. I'm talking to you by telephone from the Oval Office. Uh, I'm sorry. He says the Oval Room. I call it the Oval Office. Uh, I'm talking to you by telephone from the Oval Room at the White House. And this certainly has to be the most historic phone call ever made from the White House. I just can't tell you how proud we all are of what you've done. For every American, this has to be the proudest day of our lives. And for the people all over the world, I'm sure that they too will join with Americans in recognizing what an immense feat this is. Because of what you have done, the heavens have become a part of man's world. And as you talk to us from the Sea of Tranquility, it inspires us to redouble our efforts to bring peace and tranquility to earth. For one priceless moment in the whole history of man... All the people on this earth are truly one, one in their pride in what you have done and one in our prayers that you will return safely to earth. Armstrong replied, thank you, Mr. President. It's a great honor and privilege for us to be here representing not only the United States, but men of peace of all nations and with interest and a curiosity and men with a vision for the future. It is an honor for us to be able to persist to participate here today. And that was the end of their conversation. Like I said, short, but sweet, pretty impactful. Um, once the conversation was over, Aldrin and Armstrong proceeded to conduct and set up, uh, some of the experiments to learn about the surface of the moon, including, as you might've guessed, a bunch of geologic experiments. Yep. I got it in there. Um, I'm not going to bore you guys the day though. Um, not going to tell you what type of rocks that the moon's made up of and what they discovered and whatnot, but 
Suffice to say that these experiments greatly influence theories that we have about the moon, the planets, and our entire solar system as a whole today. A lot of that can be traced back to the rocks and the experiment, the rocks they gathered and the experiments they conducted. Uh, the surface activities had a set time limit, and as time ran out, Armstrong began rushing to try and complete as many experiments as possible, driving his metabolic rates up, um, which were being observed by the control center in Houston. Um, but even though they were going higher than they had been at the beginning, um, they stayed much lower than what NASA had anticipated. And because of that, NASA basically allowed them an extra 15 minutes to play outside. <laughs> uh, I don't mean to make it so trivial like their kids, but that's kind of, you know, it's kind of funny to think about it. Uh, just before re-entering the lunar module, oh, let's get serious here for a minute. Uh, just before re-entering the lunar module, Armstrong uncovered a plaque that was on the ladder of the Eagle uh, that had two drawings of earth one of the Eastern and one of the Western hemispheres, the signatures of the three astronauts and president Nixon. And it had an inscription that read quote here, men from the planet earth first set foot upon the moon, July, 1969 AD. We came in peace for all mankind End quote. Aldrin reboarded the lunar module and the two astronauts then loaded the boxes filled with almost 50 pounds of lunar surface material, a.k.a. rocks and dust. Uh, they loaded them into the lunar module using a cable pulley system, which worked so freaking badly that the future missions uh, that landed on the moon opted to just carry the collected, the collected material on board by hand rather than use this stupid pulley system. Um, once everything was loaded because Aldrin was in the lunar module and Armstrong was still on the surface, Armstrong reminded Aldrin of the bag of memorial items that was in Aldrin's suit pocket. Aldrin then proceeded to hand this bag down the ladder to Armstrong who laid it on the surface of the moon inside the bag was an Apollo one mission patch honoring the memory of Roger Chaffee, Gus Grissom, and Edward White, all who died in 1967 during a test when their uh, CSM caught fire. There were two medals honoring Soviet cosmonauts Yuri Gagarin, the first human in space, and Vladimir Komarov. I hope I said these names right. Uh, he was the first human to die in space. Uh, there was a silicone message disc containing, quote, goodwill messages from Presidents Eisenhower, Kennedy, Johnson, and Nixon, as well as leaders from 73 other countries. There was a list of U.S. Congress's leadership, a list of NASA's leadership, the names of the members of the U.S. House and Senate committees responsible for the legislation that created NASA, and finally, a gold replica of an olive branch, a traditional symbol of peace. Once they were back on the lunar module, the two switched 
uh, to the module's life support system instead of the big square personal life support system on their backs. And <laughs> like people of the 1960s did, they just left their garbage wherever they wanted. And they tossed it basically back outside onto the surface of the moon. Um, during all this, uh, Buzz Aldrin accidentally damaged a circuit breaker, uh, damaged the circuit breaker that armed the main engine for liftoff from the moon. Uh, and because of this, it was feared that the two might actually be stranded on the moon. Um, speaking of being stranded on the moon, I also found this uh, a little interesting note. President Nixon's speechwriter actually had prepared a speech in the case that the astronauts did indeed become stranded on the moon. Protocol for NASA was even included. Uh, they were to shut down communication with the lunar module and to have uh, clergymen, quote, commend their souls to the deepest of the deep, end quote, in a ritual that was similar to a burial at sea. Kind of kind of morbid, but I guess you got a plan for when you're going somewhere that humans have never been before and humans have died trying to get to. You know, you got a plan for that shit. But fortunately for Buzz and Neil, they were able to engage the circuit breaker by using a felt tip pin. And after a brief seven hour rest, the two were scheduled to begin launch to rejoin the CSM, which was still orbiting. Um, upon returning to the CF CSM, the stage legs, ladder and cameras were all being left behind along with the, you know, the suit stuff that they didn't need anymore. They had just left outside. The camera showed uh, that as the module lifted off, the flag that they had planted blew in the wind until it fell over. Buzz Aldrin remembers uh, focusing on his duties, looking at, uh, I forget which gauge it was. I didn't write it down. Um, and he said, quote, but I looked up long enough to see the flag fall over, end quote. <laughs> I just found that one little bit of, one little bit of comedy in there. Uh, while the lunar surface was being explored, Michael Collins was orbiting the moon in the CSM, waiting for Neil and Buzz to return. Um, I read a very, very minor interview with him uh, and I actually read, I put his uh, autobiography on a list of books to buy because it seems like a very interesting, interesting read. Um, but he basically said he never once felt uh, what's the, what, what would be the word jealousy, I guess, or desire to be on the surface of the moon. He's like, I, I viewed this as a three man mission and my job is to keep this going, you know, for them when they get back. Um, so, you know, kind of cool level-headed guy. Um, on July 21st at 4 35 PM, the lunar module docked with the CSM and jettison its ascent stage into the moon's orbit. Shortly thereafter, the CSM began its trip back to Earth, and it landed on July 24th in the Pacific Ocean. The astronauts were promptly recovered by the U.S. Navy and placed into a quarantine. Now, 
I'm going to stop here because this has gone a little bit on the long side. So as far as what happened to them when they get back, go look it up. Send us an email. Tell us if you lived through that, reach out, tell us what it was like. I know we have some older listeners on here. Um, you know, this is, this is amazing. Um, I really think that the conversation between Nixon and the astronauts conveys the magnitude of how life changing that the moon landing was to, uh, that certain generation. I think that for me and people of my generation and people that uh, my generation and the generations that follow, uh, we all learn about it as a past event and it definitely, definitely loses some of its luster. Um, but you know, in that moment in 1969 for anybody that was old enough to really understand what was happening, um, you know, the impossible was suddenly made possible. That was, that was, I, I can't imagine how much of an emotional moment that would have been. I mean, I got, <clears throat> I got, when I was reading, uh, writing the stuff in here about um, what they had on the plaque uh, and what they had left behind to honor those that died to help get them there. I mean, I got goosebumps reading that sort of stuff. <laughs> I mean, I got you know, I was I was teary-eyed when they said on the uh, Voyager, you know, we've left all sorts of our culture. You know, we've left golden discs that play sounds from our culture, uh, something to that effect. And it's it just that, that sort of thing gets me. Like, we've left our mark on this universe. No matter what bad we do to this planet, what bad we do to each other, at one point, you know, we liked each other enough to come together to send a unified message. Um, but anyway, uh, the last line that I have, you know, talking about how it was such an emotional moment in my notes is that the only thing that I can come close to comparing that to in my lifetime is nine 11. Um, you know, and obviously that was a different, that was a sad event. Uh, you know, I liken it to Pearl Harbor for a different generation than this even. Um, but you know, it, it literally changed a generation and so did the moon landing. So did Pearl Harbor. So with that guys, I hope everybody enjoyed this. I hope I didn't drone on too much. I was, I was very intrigued by this. I expected, a handful of pages and ended up getting one and a half times what I normally write. So trivia with Tyler. Speaking of the cold war, I feel like I've been in the cold war a lot lately. I've been, um, let's see, I did the Bay of pigs and I did the Cuban missile crisis. And now I'm doing the, part of the space race with the Soviets. And here we go again. We're diving into a cold war trivia with Tyler. Theodore Hall was among the youngest of the Manhattan project scientists. He finished high school at 14 
He graduated from Harvard at 18, and he was recruited for the nuclear program at 19. Fifty years later, near his death, he admitted to having been a Soviet informant the entire time. So, what a bastard. He was a Soviet spy on us making nukes and quite possibly resulted in the Soviets making their own nukes, which fueled the Cold War. So, aye, aye, aye. why can't we all just get along, people? But um, we've got no, no mail today. Um, I want to take a minute and ask everybody. I, so I finally got my camera set up instead of a little webcam that's down here. My camera is up here and I got a nice little light that goes around it. Um, let me know if the picture quality is any better, any worse. I know last week there was some issues with sound lining up because of that. Um, There were some latency issues. I think I've got that sorted out this week. If not, shoot us an email, comment, whatever. I still want to hear about it, even if if you're frustrated by that. I'm one of those people where I cannot stand uh, when the movement doesn't match up, like the mouth movement doesn't match up with the talking. So just reach out. Let us know. Let me know how I'm doing on that um and we'll go ahead and jump into the whiskey final thoughts all right well obviously i presented today megan's not here to uh give her thoughts on it so I'm gonna I just put a couple drops of water. I think I put three or four in here specifically. I got about half of what I poured originally. Let me pull that back so you can see it a little clearer. I have to manually focus this camera. Um so otherwise my hand gets in the way when I autofocus it. And <laughs> that doesn't help a damn thing. So uh let me try this real quick. I'll play you a fun sound effect. Um Yeah, you're going to love this. Oh, my. Um, wow. Let me, let me take another swig. But the first thing I notice is that um, a lot more caramel, a lot more sweetness. Um, Still had the burn on the back end. A little more dill. Let me take another sip, though, so I can, you know, like I said, that first sip kind of cleanses everything. You get more on the second. Much less burn this time. Definitely, definitely can taste the rye in it. Caramel. Little bit of that char. Definitely some char flavor in there. I'm 
I'm pretty happy with this. I'm, uh, yeah, I don't know what to say other than that. It's not, <clears throat> oh, well, I just thought about the price of it. I, I'll, I'll be honest with you for the price. I don't know. I don't know how I would, I probably wouldn't buy it again. Because there's better stuff cheaper. Would I buy it to have it in the collection? Obviously. I've bought it to have it in the collection. But it is good. It is very good. But there's better stuff for cheaper price. I'm going to take this last little swig here. And I'll give you my number shortly thereafter. Uh, the big thing I don't like about this, I will, I'll, I'll tell you guys, this is the, the rice spice. Um, it just doesn't, it doesn't, it doesn't go away, um, with the water. It, it, it goes down a little bit, but it doesn't go away. It still hangs in there and it's still a long finish, a little bit longer than I personally would like. Um, but flavor wise, it's pretty dang good. Um, I'm going to give this, I'm going to give this a six and a half. That's where I'm going with it. Six and a half. If I can find my pen here, I have to write these down because I can't, I can't change the website until it releases to the public on Thursdays. So I have to uh, write down our rating so I can go back and change it on Thursdays. Um, so yeah, that's, that's what I'm, I'm giving the, uh, the old blue run high rye. You can see, uh, you might not be able to see right there. High rye, but that's where you can see the various. If you find the blue run 14, it's supposed to be really, really, really good. But again, six hundred dollars. I can I can buy a lot of other good whiskey for six hundred dollars. <clears throat> um, guys, we're getting on to about an hour and fifteen. I feel like I did pretty good on this one by myself. I didn't. I hope I didn't drone on too much. Um, you guys didn't get bored of me. Hopefully, next week Megan is back and she's feeling feeling better. Um. Until then, we'll we'll just keep on keeping on. Uh, please like, subscribe, rate, review. Tell your friends. Tell your mom. Tell your dad. Happy Father's Day. Happy uh, Juneteenth. Tell all everybody about us. It helps us more than you know. Go check out whiskeywonder.com. Check out the store. Check out uh, other things that we've done. Other We've got uh, a list of the whiskeys we've tried. If you want us to try a specific whiskey, let us know. If you want to send us a whiskey to try, we always appreciate donations like that too. If you want to donate Patreon, we've got a PayPal setup that's in the show notes as well. Um, look on Instagram for my bourbon review or my whiskey review this week. I don't know what it's going to be yet, but I'm going to dive back into the cabinet and find something, something fun that I've haven't done in a while. Probably. 
Um, let's see here. Anything else that I'm missing? Check out the Patreon. If you sign up for the $10 tier, the connoisseur tier, you get a 20% off coupon. We do have the t-shirts now got stickers. I meant to look into coasters. I forgot to check and see if that is an option we can do. Um, but I will look into that this week. If it is, it'll be up on the site. <sighs> Guys, I guess that's it. Um, I can't think of any other minor announcements to give give here at the end. So on that note, y'all, uh, Megan, feel better. Everybody out there, be safe. Don't uh, Don't get in any trouble. Don't start anything you can't finish. Most importantly, don't drink and drive. We'll see you guys later. Cheers, y'all. Yep, I uh, got it in there.